Hi, this is Bill Woods, and I wanted to talk to you today about the fact that wounded eagles can't fly. The Israelites have been wandering around Mount Sinai long enough. They've made no forward progress for a long time. They were stagnated in their situation. It was time to break camp and go to where God wanted them to be. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation says, When we are at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Well, you know, you can only stay static for so long before God tells you to move on and take new territory. Often Christians are stymied and non-productive because Satan has used people or circumstances to devastate them. If you've been hurt or disappointed by someone, it's time to stop licking that wound and move on. Isaiah 40:31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We understand that, but our ego got wounded and has never recovered. The Scottish preacher John McNeil talked about an eagle that had been captured when it was quite young. The farmer who snared the bird put a restraint on it so it couldn't fly and turned it loose to roam in the backyard. Before long, the eagle began to act like the chickens, scratching and pecking the ground. This bird that God had designed to soar high in the heavens now seemed satisfied to live in the barnyard in a life of, of, of a lowly hen. One day a shepherd came down from the mountains where the eagles lived and he came to visit the farmer. Seeing the eagle, the shepherd told the farmer, it's a shame to keep that bird bobbed or hobbled here in your barnyard. Why don't you let it go? The farmer agreed, so they cut off the restraint. But the eagle continued to wander around scratching and pecking just like he had before. The shepherd picked up the bird and set it on a high stone wall. And for the first time in months, the eagle saw the expanse of blue sky and the glowing sun. It spread its wings and with a leap soared off into a tremendous spiral flight up and up and up. At last it was acting like an eagle was supposed to act. How about you? It's time you recognize you weren't designed for the chicken coop. You need to be like that eagle and arise uh, from the coop and soar to even higher heights. I've asked God what must be done to bring life and healing to tired Christians today, and I believe he has shown me things that are necessary. We start by hearing the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. We say, Okay, Lord, but just how do I do that? Well, first, if you've got any wounds or anything where somebody's hurt you, you must forgive and forget the past and focus on the future. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3:13 and 14, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the 
end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You know, we can't change the past, but we can change the present and we can change the future. If sins happened in the past, confess them to Jesus Christ, ask his forgiveness, and then move on. Once you've confessed those sins or those hurts to Christ, forget the failures of the past and grab the future for Jesus. One thing that robs us of victory in our lives is not being able to forgive. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, people say, well, why can't I hear from God? Why aren't my prayers getting answered? I hear these questions all the time from people who are totally frustrated. It usually isn't long until it's obvious that unforgiveness has, was left unresolved. You, something had happened and you've not faced it, you've not turned it over to God. You're letting it fester, you're letting it destroy you on the inside, and you need to let go. It might be feelings of anger or resentment. Bitterness has flooded into your heart. Many times we keep nursing these destructive things and don't realize the depth of our emotions or feelings. How can I ever forgive that person after what he's done to me, we might ask. Well, understand that God, God has all the forgiveness that you will ever need and it's available. God will help you forgive if you will ask him to. Through prayer, we will understand God's forgiveness is available and is ready to flow through us to the people, the situations, the circumstances that have anchored us down and kept us from moving forward in our Christian walk. Victory will not come until we let go of that hurt or that anger and or forgive that person that, that has caused us in the problem in the past. Think how many blessings you probably missed because you won't forgive. It's kind of like, you know, if I'm standing and, and I, I'm mad at some individual and I put my hands around their throat, begin to choke, and, and God is waiting to give me a, a blessing, but I can't have it because both my hands are busy choking that individual. I've got to quit doing that and reach out to God and receive the blessing that he has for me. Another dimension of unforgiveness is directed towards yourself for past sins and failures. In this case, you allowed God's love and forgiveness to flow to you and you are able to forgive yourself. I've heard people say, well, I just can't seem to forgive myself for that failure back there. I can't get over the fact that I, I did that. I was so dumb or I allowed that to happen. You've got to get over that. Turn that over to God. Why can't you forgive yourself? Do you think you're better than God? God can forgive you if you ask. Once he has, you need to forget those things that are behind and press on toward the mark of high calling in Christ Jesus. The third dimension of forgiveness is often overlooked. Anger and resentment against God himself. Many people consciously or subconsciously say, well, if God is all-powerful and all-knowing and all, all in you know, all places, he's everywhere at the same time, why did he let this happen to me? He could have prevented my hurt. He could have stopped that loss. He could have, you know, kept me from being embarrassed and shamed. But we, he was unfair because he didn't intercede, didn't stop. 
He was unjust. He was unloving toward me. And now I'm hurting. So that's why I feel the way I do. You know, it's hard to admit that you're mad at God. It really doesn't make much sense. But that can hinder your relationship with him. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and, and uh, take you so you can see the bottom line. All that anger and resentment toward God, the very one you've been pleading with for answers in prayer, all that has to be resolved. If you have unresolved anger toward God, it's destroying you. Some people readily admit this situation once it comes to the surface. Others usually, I mean the saintly pretenders, they will say, well, God is so good and I love him so much. That variety has a difficult time admitting their true feelings and emotions. They are the ones who de deplore anger in other people and stoutly deny they have any anger in their own life. You know, the Holy Spirit is gentle when he works. He gets down inside and convicts us convicts the inner man of any situation and when you finally come to the point where you want to make peace with God and you admit that you've been angry at God you ask God to remove it that anger and then God's forgiving spirit flows through you into your spirit and cleanses and purifies you as it flows back to God when you let God bathe you in his love and forgiveness and help you forgive others, yourself, and Him, God, the heaviness and the clouds of uncertainty vanish. Many times people blame God and they block their communication with God. Unforgiveness has far-reaching consequences, but is easily removed when you ask God for help. You see, God understands what's going on inside of you. God understands what you need, and you need to recognize the fact that God has a right to, to help you in any way he sees fit. Well, obedience to God's will brings healing to your soul. You must obey God, not just sometimes, not just when you feel like it, but at all times. Too many Christians take obedience to God too casually. They justify their attitudes by saying, well, you know, God knows I love him and he understands if I don't do everything he asks me to do, God and I have an understanding with each other. Well, you're right. God understands sin when he sees it, and God will not bless sin. You've got to allow him to come in and take that sinful attitude away and allow him to help you focus on the things that are good and right and are pleasing to him. Disobedience to God is rebellion. 1 Samuel 15:23 says rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. If you don't obey God, you don't belong to him. John chapter 14 verse 15 says, "If you love me, obey my commandments." God will not send revival to a rebellious person or a rebellious bunch of witches praying for revival, but refusing to submit to his will. Hey, that's hard. You're preaching mean, you say. Well, no, I'm just reading God's word. I'm just telling you what God says. The prayers of righteous people will bring revival. Maybe a personal revival. Bring revival to your prayer group or to your church. 
James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Actually, I like the version in King James better. It says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, Satan wants to keep us off of our knees. He wants us to keep us from praying to God and asking God's will be done in our lives. He wants to stop revival in your life. He's been able to scare some people off from doing God's will. They've been afraid of the changes that they might have to make to please God, uh, of having to let go of some of the pet sins, of, of having to turn our lives completely over to God. And Satan is there reminding them of all the changes that they might have to make and how hard it's going to be and what we're going to miss when we have to give these things up. Listen, forgiveness, obedience, 100% surrender to God will bring victory and you'll not be stymied anymore. You'll be able to move on to where God wants you to be. Let me tell you that Satan seems a lot bigger than we are and he scares us. But my Lord is bigger than he is and can handle anything Satan throws at me. I want you to know uh, I was remembering a story that my sister used to play on her phonograph when we were little kids. And she played it over and over and over. It was a story of three billy goats gruff. You know, we're here and, and uh, uh, these, three, these three billy goats were over there in, in a pasture on one side of a brook and there was a bridge across and there was a, a, a meadow on the other side of the bridge and they'd eaten the grass down in the pasture and it seemed like they just couldn't find enough to, to sustain them. So they decided to go across the bridge to, to the meadow over there. And so the little goat, there are three kinds, the little billy goat, the middle billy goat, and the big billy goat, Anyhow, they decided to cross over. The little billy goat starts across the bridge, and all of a sudden this troll jumps out, and he says, Who's crossing my bridge? And the little billy goat says, It's me. I'm crossing your bridge. And the troll says, Well, here I come, and I'm going to eat you up. No, said the little goat. Don't do that. Won't you wait for my brother? My brother's big and fat. Well, the troll looks at him and decides he wouldn't make much of a meal, and so... He decides to let him go and he'll wait for the brother that's bigger and fatter. Well, now the middle, the little billy goat goes across into the meadow. Now the middle billy goat comes and he comes across the bridge, clip-clop, clip-clop, and here comes a troll. Who's crossing my bridge? I, said the middle goat. Well, Mr. Middle Goat, here I come and I'm going to eat you up. And the middle goat says, please don't do that. No, said the middle goat, don't do that. I want you to wait for my brother. My brother's big and fat. Well, the troll, being greedy, looked over at the, the pasture over there, and he saw that the brother was the biggest one, and he was big and fat. And he said, all right. He says, you go on ahead. I'll wait for your brother. Well, here comes the big goat, Mr. Big Billy Goat. And it goes tromp, tromp, tromp on the bridge. And the troll comes out, who's crossing my bridge? I said the 
Billy Goat. Well, Mr. Billy Goat, here I come, and I'm going to eat you up. Well, come ahead, said the big Billy Goat, and the troll came up on the bridge, and the goat butted him into the creek, and he hit his head on a rock, and he lay there unconscious, and I think he eventually died, and the big Billy Goat went on across, and they all enjoyed eating over in the meadow where the green grass was. Well, the reason I tell that story is because Satan comes sometimes at us and scares us. But we need to say, you, you, go ahead and you, wait for my brother. My brother is bigger and stronger than I am. My brother is Jesus Christ. You know, we are here to cross over into heaven. And we cannot allow Satan to scare us. We need to depend on the, the resources that Jesus has for us. Satan is the troll in that story. Jesus is our older brother. Jesus can take care of Satan where I can't. All I have to do is call on Jesus in Jesus' name, and he'll help me to be able to be successful and not be destroyed by that horrible, wicked Satan troll. As all of you do, uh, all of you need to do is tell Satan, won't you wait for my brother? My brother's big and tough. Once we've been cleansed of our unforgiving attitudes and willing to obey God and to do His will and allow Christ to fill us with His Holy Spirit, we will be able to pray and we will be able to see revival. We will have victory. Then when God says, you stayed at this mountain long enough, it's time to break camp and move on, we can say, yes, Lord, your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And you know, your wounds will be healed and you'll be able once again to soar like an eagle. Give your wounds, your hurts, your sins to Jesus and you'll do a great job as you fly to new heights and new places of glory. You know, I want to spend a second or two in prayer with you. Father, you know who it is that's listening to this today. You know who's been defeated by Satan and who needs to turn loose of the past and allow you to heal those things that happened back there, forgive those sins that happened back there, and give us a new vision of what the future can hold, what now can hold, and the future as we go on towards being what Jesus wants us to be. I would ask Jesus that each one of us could put our hand in your hand and say, Lord, not my will but thine be done. Help any that are listening that don't know you as their personal Savior to realize that the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for them too. And it says, if you confess your sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I would urge you to confess your sins, to invite Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to repent and allow him to help you turn your life around and begin to live a life pleasing to Jesus. And, and know that he's got a place prepared for you in heaven. If you want to get in touch with me, I, I would invite you to re write me by my email. Although email comes in such volumes often, I miss things. But it's lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. Or you can call me on the phone, 623-845-2741. If you don't want to talk direct, that will also accept texts. You can text me at that number. 
and I'll be glad to, to read it. Or you can write to me in the snail mail, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. I, I'm praying that God will give you victory. I'd like to invite you, if you're around the area, to come to First Baptist Church this Sunday. Uh, I'll be preaching again. I'm filling in until they get a new pastor. And it might be weeks that I'll be preaching there. And that's fine. I praise God for the opportunity. But I, the service starts at 11 a.m. The people are friendly. You'll get a good message, I know. And, and I would just invite you to come. We also are studying Revelation on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. This week we will be, I think, in Revelation chapter 8. And we'll be talking about uh, the things that are laid up that are coming that we need to get ready so when Jesus Christ takes us home in the rapture, we're not here for the tribulation. God bless you. I'll be praying that God will somehow bless you today and use you. And if you do need something, please give me a call because I'm very interested.